Andy Dickinson and welcome to Stand Tall, my podcast show. I look forward to sharing interviews and talks with and about people that create change, make an incredible difference and walk their talk. Everyone has their story, so stay with me as I pervade the layers of excellence in all walks of life. Welcome to my podcast. I'm here this morning with the incredibly lively, ever genki Malai Pauline. One of the original all-time lady killers, only kidding folks, she's not a lady killer but she's an awesome martial artist. An all-star jiu-jitsu fifth dan black belt and the top trainer and top student, which is awesome. Great to have you this morning, Malai. Thanks, Abby. Good to be here. Could you give us just a bit of a, a scope on your martial arts history and why you got started and, you know, kind of what, what encouraged you to go into the dojo initially? Well, if um, you recall, it's, it was actually Joel. Joel is my son. Um, he wanted to do martial arts since he was two and a half, if you can believe it. But back in the day, you know, they didn't take, well, they still don't take two and a half year olds. You do with the, the mini mites, take, um, well, the bright stars now, aren't they? The yeah, they have evolved to bright stars. Yes, they, they have evolved. But they, they, you do take them quite young now, but back in the Not day. Not in the cot, though. <laughs> Not in the cot. <laughs> But back in the day, I, I um, had to make him wait till he was five, and even then it was a struggle. But I found um, the uh, Mighty Mites then, as it was called, um, you know, when you were operating out of uh, five top in the. So that encouraged you to have a go yourself. Yes, indeed. So I brought him along, and I, I loved the setup, and I loved you know how the kids were all responding to the training, and then I looked at the uh, brochure, and it said classes on Monday in North Sydney. I went, well. If you don't mind me asking, <laughs> how, about how old were you then? Oh, I was in my uh, late 30s by then. So, so you never would have thought initially that you would have done something like that? No, not at all, not at all. It just seemed like a good idea. I said, oh, look, North Sydney, I, I work around there. I could pop over and take a look. So I did. I remember when you first, the first lesson you came in and I, I remember you just, you laughed most of your way through the workout. <laughs> That's before you laughed when I first turned up and said, I'm here to try a class. And I, this name, Malai, kept, kept appearing on the sign-in sheets and I just thought, how much longer are we going to go before we get, finally get rid of her? <laughs> and all these years later, here we are. Yes, indeed, indeed, yes. But yeah, I laughed all the way through class and I still do, if you <laughs> notice. Yes, it's, it's funny because even when I teach Malo black belt techniques, quite often rather than fall over in pain, she falls over in, la in laughter. <laughs> so so what, what kept you going, you know, to start off with martial arts? And you must have obviously enjoyed it, but what was the, some of the things that you dug deep and kept going through? It's, it's the whole package. Yeah. I mean, it started with you, yourself, as a leader, as a sensei, right? I saw in you know, a, a great teacher. Right. Thank you. Um, and the whole journey so far, you know, it's been fantastic. It's been wonderful. Um, I'm not talking just for myself. You know, and Joel, my son, grew up in the dojo. He was he trained for you know, nine years before he had to stop, and he had to stop, you know, not because he wanted to, because in in his mind's eye, I mean, he he doesn't live in the country anymore, right? But in his mind's eye. He's still part of our dojo. Still a student. He's still a student. He's still part of our dojo. He reconnects. He physically reconnects whenever he's back in the country. You know, and and um, it's the whole package. It's not just the physical 
you know, training exercise, which is wonderful anyway, right? Because it's it's a whole, you know, mental and physical um, training. Mm. Yeah, and it's. I understand that Rick finally, your husband finally got into it as well. He did indeed, because he kept getting it in stereo, didn't he? He, left he sat on the sidelines for a little while, and then finally got encouraged to try a class. <laughs> he did indeed. Um, it was actually a good thing that he didn't start off because then it allowed me to train in the evenings uh, while he trained in the mornings swimming. Mm. So that way, you know, with a young child, we could both be training in our separate areas. Um, and there was always somebody on hand to be with uh, you know, Joel. And then when Joel got old enough, Rick decided he would um, get on the mat with us. He watched enough, you know, sparring competitions and uh, classes and gradings, I think, to in the end just throw his hat in the ring as well. I think when you first started with this, um, there wasn't a lot of women in training with us at that time, was there? No, not that many. But it's certainly something which is, um, over the years since you've been teaching, it's something which has become quite popular among women. Quite popular among women, I would say, overall martial arts, but especially our dojo. We have a lot of women in our dojo. Um, and if you speak to the women in our dojo, they'll say, you know, it's, it, they feel quite different when they walk in. It's a different feeling altogether. It's very nurturing, which is a funny word to use. For a martial art, yeah, and uh, it's still very martial, but it, it, it doesn't feel so threatening, even though mm. the art itself is very threatening. So the atmosphere is quite conducive to, to emotional stability. Yes, emotional stability, um, you know, just the general focus. I think it's also the, um, the idea that we have of service. So everyone's very welcoming, everyone's very giving. You trained until you got your black belt. Did you, when you first started the dojo, was achieving your black belt something you ever thought you would go on to to achieve? I black belt was never my aim. Um, you know, I always trained to train, just just for the sheer joy of doing it. Yeah, which is why I love my way through class. It's just because it's a joyful experience for me. I guess it, for those of you that don't know Mala, Mala is. Closer to the ground than most of us. <laughs> and to see Malai and to say that she's a black belt in her normal everyday clothes, you'd never ever you'd never pick that. But that's the beauty of the, the North Star system. It, it brings out the black belt in anybody. Anyone that sets their mind to it can be a, an absolute positive dynamo and create all kinds of change in their lives, go beyond preconceived ideas about where they where they can where they before where they could have possibly ended up with their training. Now to go on and go through the first levels of black belt and get to fifth dan, is this something that you planned or something that you just fell into? Uh, it wasn't anything planned. I've just been consistent. Consistency, I think, is the most important key in most things in life. And uh, so I just consistently trained, turned up, you know, week in, week out. People always say to me, what are you doing now? Is it... Yeah, training. <laughs> Still training. Yes. But this consistency you talk about is something which is, I often think about that in, in other aspects of my life as well. Just ticking away at it, just yes. ticking away at it week in, week out, just turning up. Yes. Whether in the good times, whether in the bad times, is that something which you've, you've found out as well? Yes, definitely. Definitely. And it's something that uh, um, Joel has 
you know, uh, embrace as part of, you know, for part of his, how he work, lives his life as well. Consistency. Long term. It's like, it's like you can re relate to things outside of the dojo as well, like your health and your fitness and saving money, for instance, just a little bit saved each week. Consistently saving, consistently putting it away, or consistently paying off your mortgage, or consistently working towards a set goal of a study. Yes, um, it's consistency. You know, in a product, you know, you have to be consistent. That's what everyone you know, is looking for. And at the end of the day, consistency is what gets you across the line. Just keep turning up. Yeah, well, what you told the kids. Um, black belt is a white belt. He never gave up. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, that's certainly a good lesson. And how have you managed to relate your martial arts training to your everyday life, other than consistency? Um, it's not just the physical side of our training that's so valuable. It's the the, the philosophy and the thoughts behind it, all the things that we try to incorporate. You know, in the, the, the martial art that we do, that is not such jitsu. You know, it's about being present, it's about being still, it's about letting go. You know, all these things that uh, we talk about in the dojo um, it are great practices for real life as well. You know, not, you know, learning to maintain your balance while others are losing theirs. Right. That certainly is, a, is a, an acquired skill which can be a great value in your life. It's a practice that you can do all the time, you know, consistently, all the time, day in, day out as well. Whether you're driving your car, you know, at work, you know, dealing with people in any situation, really, family, friends. I understand that you... you you dabbled in martial arts competitions. <laughs> yes. I say that with, I say that slightly tongue in cheek because Melo went to Brazil as part of a um, cohort of instructors and and, and students that competed in the World Sports Jiu Jitsu Championships a number of years ago, and did extraordinarily well. Yeah, we we little group that we were, we did quite well, didn't we? <laughs> We pulled, pulled out a few gold medals and uh, silvers and team bronze, yeah. yeah we, we were... Uh, and I understand that they were, they, were, they were looking for someone to have a full contact fight. Yes, they did, because the Canadian girl backed down. So, yeah, Mungin's over here put her hand up. <laughs> well, nobody else wanted to. So the, 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 the sheer weight of that decision to put your hand up in a world championship against a world champion to fight full contact after you've never had any experience before, what was going on in your mind? Oh, I just went, yeah, well, why not? I'm here, I'm all the way in Brazil. It's going to be hard, but there you go. <laughs> what was the outcome of that fight? Uh, I mean, I didn't win. But you lasted at one round, I Yeah, I did, I lasted. Yeah, the, the round, and then to the second round, I, I, I copped a big bashing. That was okay, it was an interesting experience. So with every bashing that you, you, you have over the years, it certainly comes back to teach you a lesson. Oh yeah, indeed. I mean, the whole World Championship experience, yeah, was a, a great lesson, it's a great experience. 
competition, people are very surprised when you say, oh, but it wasn't just one fight, or it was only two rounds you had, etc. But the whole experience of training for it, leading up to it, going to it, you know, everything, it, you, it's, it's amazing how much you learn. Yeah, it seems little, but it's not. It's a huge journey mm. for anyone. You know, everyone who, even when you organize our competitions that we have within North South Jiu-Jitsu, um, those competitions, I always encourage the students to go on there and say, you, you'd be amazed how much you learn and how much you grow from it. You know, it's not about winning or losing. I'm, I'm sorry, it's the old adage we all talk about, but it isn't. It's You learn so much and people come out of it. I often liken it to, I wrote about this in my book, when you're totally out of your depth, sleeping on the edge of a big wave on a surfboard and you're just on the edge of the wave and you're just about to take off and you hop up and you go sliding down the wave and it's an incredible experience to know that you've done something outside of yourself that you can be proud of and even if win, lose or draw, or if, even if you fall off the board, you've yeah. still had the courage to kind of sit on the lip of the, of the wave. and. That's right, even if you stack it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, took, it took a lot to get there in the first place. Well, absolutely. That's, <laughs> and that's the thing. The, the consistency you talk about is also a way forward to navigate all kinds of difficulties and planning and to... to ensure that you've got correct preparation for these events. Yes, yes. It's, it's a lot of training. Um, you know, you, you get a lot of support from friends and family as well. Um, and, uh, you know, the investment emotionally, physically, you know, everything to, to get to any sort of championship, even a, a, a local competition, even an internal competition. People train, people, you know, think about it, etc. and just a journey there. And then once, you can see it in their faces, the people who, who go up and do the fights, and then as soon as the fight is over and they walk away, you know, the, the feelings and the emotions that people feel from having done it, you see it in their faces. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's also one of the reasons why we do what we do, training martial arts, isn't it? So you're just as passionate these days. You know, I, when Mala came to my front door this, this, this morning, I had some new plastic knives that <laughs> we're going to play around with in a minute. But the, the look of delight in her eyes as she laid her gaze on these plastic knives. <laughs> so in, in a way, you're, you're still as passionate about it today as you were when you first started. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there one, one particular highlight that you have of all of your years of training? One particular highlight? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's just been, you know, a fantastic ride and I hope I can keep going for as long as possible. If the knees hold you up. The knees hold up and the joints hold up and everything holds up. <laughs> what about, just changing the subject briefly, what about your, um, you studied science at university? Yes, I did. I did uh, biophysics and genetics and uh, molecular biology as well. Molecular biology, biophysics, and genetics. <laughs> so that's, I'm confident to say that you're a bit of a nerd. I am very much a nerd and proud of it. <laughs> and what did that springboard you into as far as your vocation? Well, actually, um, Rick, my husband, um, is also a scientist. 
So science being what it is in Australia, you can't, it's very hard, I guess maybe you can't, but it's very hard to have husband and wife uh, working in the same field because there's very little funding. So I stepped out because I can do other things, being a very you know, creative and flexible sort of person. I stepped out and I uh, became an analyst for many years uh, until last year. Now I'm working for myself. I'm still nerdy. I get to now, you know, code and do my own thing coding. But what are you coding? I'm coding apps. Apps and games? And games and little things, you know, knickknacks and stuff. Uh, Mala is one of these people that can, once she puts her mind to it, she can accomplish anything. And this, this is the thing about her martial arts training. She saw that the black belt was the end product, but she just worked away at it week in, week out, and she achieved that goal. And to go on now and, and to be the head trainer and the number one student in the system is something which is quite incredible. Not something neither of us planned, really. No, I still pinch myself. <laughs> <laughs> it just, you know, consistently over the years. This is, look what, what happened. Last man standing. Last man standing. <laughs> look what happened, right? So there you go. There's the story of consistency. That's it. And I was speaking with you the other day, and I understand you have an interesting pattern with your sleeping. Sorry? You have an interesting pattern with your sleeping. Ah, my interesting sleeping pattern. You were telling, you were talking to me about the, the absolute joy of the stillness and silence of the moment when you wake up at some ungodly hour of the morning or you hadn't actually gone to sleep. I haven't gone to sleep. I, I, uh, the trouble about working normally, as in going to a you know, nine-to-five job, is that you have to try and sleep at night and then so that you can wake up in the morning to go to work. Now that I work on myself, I don't have to sleep at night, which is a great thing because that's my natural diurnal rhythm. I love to stay up at night. I work better, uh, you know, staying up at night. Um, and I just love the stillness. If you don't go to bed, there is a time when the world starts to wind down and go to sleep. Like a natural rhythm of the, of the world. Yes, indeed. And then... Once that happens, the stillness that comes when you know, most creatures have gone to sleep, um, it's amazing. It's so still and quiet. And then you can feel the heartbeat of the universe practically. <laughs> I know it sounds poetic, but it's almost... No, like, no, it's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and I love it. I, that's why I, I just love being up at night. And then you can hear, you know, as the first... The sound of you know the first birds start waking up in the morning. People, the first bus starts to move, you know, because you, they're getting ready for the bus route. The 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 kettles and the light switches and the showers come on around the neighbourhood, and uh, and then that's time for me to pack it in and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> How long would you sleep for? Oh, three four hours maybe something like that. So Mala is one of these people that's perfected the art of not sleeping. <laughs> If I, if I need sleep, my body will tell me and I'll let it sleep. So sleep when you're tired, eat when you're hungry. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I find that fascinating. And that, you know, I've known Malo all these years and I'm still finding out new things about her. <laughs> her little idiosyncratic secrets that make her fun enable her to function week in, week out. <laughs> when, I, when I was uh, at university, I could actually do that as well. This would be probably be the last time in my life that I was able to you know, stay up all night and 
not go to sleep because you didn't have the same sort of commitments as you do when you uh, have to start working. Um, the good thing about having a child was being able to have to stay up at night for them. Gave me an excuse. Absolutely. <laughs> Just finishing off, if you could give someone some one that's interested in martial arts some advice, reflecting on your journey, what kind of advice would you give them? Do it. Take it. Take up a martial art. Do something that you can engage your body and mind. Yeah, and uh, just keep turning up, and you'll find that it makes all the difference in the world. Regardless of your physical prowess, of your size, of size, your... gender, you know, physical prowess. Just be kind to yourself, right? Have expect great expectations and no expectations at the same time. And uh, just do it. Mala, it's been awesome speaking with you this morning, and I look forward to seeing you on the dojo floor. Absolutely. Thank you, Andy. Pleasure. Lovely being here.